This is Dr. Mariah White, host of Your Life Matters. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. podcast. I am your host, Jenna Burt. I'm a military spouse of 10 years, a mom, a registered and certified dental assistant, and a certified phlebotomist. Again, I just want to say thank you for taking me with you wherever you are and being here with me today. And if you find that anything in today's episode resonates with you, or if you know someone else who might be interested in hearing this episode, please share it. As always, I appreciate any and all feedback, so if you would like to leave me some feedback, please feel free to email me at confessionsofamillspouse at gmail.com, or you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at confessionsofamillspouse, or at publichousemedia.org. So today we are going to be doing the second round or square table discussion. Rectangle today. Yeah, today is rectangle. Round two. Fight. <laughs> We're just switching it up. But today we are going to be doing roundtable discussion again, and we have five more questions with a 10 minute maximum. Yes, five. You're correct. Five. <laughs> and let's go ahead and get started. Number one, Ooh, this is a good one. Reintegration from TAD trainings or deployment and go. This is probably going to take up all ten minutes. All right, turn to Dustin. <laughs> no, uh, why Dustin, me? Dustin, you talked about it a little bit in the last you did, episode. Yeah, too. you did talk. About I it. did. It was a great intro into another one, but uh, we didn't pull that one out. So I'm pulling the last string now. Yep. Yep. Here we are now. It now it hurts. It tugs. <laughs> tugs at him. It's it's rough. It's hard. Like, no matter what you do, everything is just a check in the box that we do when we come back. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, hey, you got to go see the chaplain to talk to the chaplain before you come home, and then we can all come home. Like, okay. Like, talk to the chaplain. Hey, don't beat your kid, don't beat your wife, and that's about it. Is that really what they tell you? There's a lot of that stuff. It's it's more in-depth, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to... To completely neglect it, but it's very broad strokes of like, hey, don't do this, don't do that. But like, that's it. Uh, I'm not saying we should get some like crazy, awesome training, but at the same time, like, it's some like annual training type classes where like I just got to sit here to get a check in the box to get it done, so my boss doesn't get in trouble, like kind of thing. Like, yep, they did do the reintegration training, all this, blah blah blah. blah. But it's not really. So what you're saying is that it's not really like a actual reintegration training it's not telling you real life stuff that's likely to happen no but i will say like deployments from oif the height of oif has definitely changed from now whereas before like hey we'd come back and like hey you can't drive in the middle of the road and be on the lookout for trash that kind of stuff now it's a lot more like family orientated like don't do don't beat your kids don't beat your wife that's a real thing and like just trying to communicate when you get back of like hey you get back and like it's just like boom I messed up my family schedule that they've been gone since I've been gone for the last year or nine months or six months like yeah. you guys have been doing just fine now I'm throwing like a grenade in there and like hey I'm back 
So they do more of like a physical integration thing instead of like an emotional or... Yeah, that's, that's part of it. It's supposed to be part of it. Uh, it's a, like you said, a check in the box though. It's the post-deployment uh, physical health assessment. Did you ever have any of those? No, I'm not personally, but uh, I've been around folks who have. Yeah, it's so. like an hour-long class and that's it, yeah. if that. I mean, and I've done a whole podcast episode about reintegration and how difficult it is. So, I mean, what what can we do better? And like, from your experience, what could we do better? And that's that's a hard point because half the people don't take it serious. Yeah, right. well, and I that's mean, definitely something that we've talked about is like, what can the military do better for not only the active service members, but for spouses too. I mean, spouses come and do something like that too. Like this is what your service member may or may not have gone through. Yeah. Think about how you're phrasing stuff. And because I can just see, well, from how many times Eric's gone TAD, you know, long ones, short ones, several like sporadic ones. I come up with a routine and then like, bam, like, oh, you're back. Okay, well, let's change the routine. And then it would just be a point of contention between us that I could just, if I had coaching of, you know, knowing a little bit more about just that change, especially when our first duty station, he was gone so frequently. It's like, okay, well, this is fun. Well, and I think the thing that nobody really talks about is how difficult it is to communicate with your spouse when they come back. Right. Like you're communicating with them while they're gone, but sometimes you're 12 plus hours away from them. And so your communication is, Hey, how's your day? It's great. Like you're just there for the important things. And then whenever they come home, like it's real life now, like they're there you're sharing a bathroom again. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> I mean, quote unquote, all the time, because we know as soon as they get home, they have to go back to work and that's the other thing that really bothers me is a lot of times when they come home from deployments, they are forced right back into work. They don't get time, ample time, in my opinion, to reintegrate with their family. Because like you said, you get a routine as a spouse when they're gone because you have no other choice. And then they come home and now all of a sudden you've got this other person that is now a factor in your routine and they're home for like a couple of days and then they're back to work full time and then you have to readjust everything again. And yeah, it's, a, it's a tough nut to crack because it doesn't matter like, oh, they can come home and not see their spouses for a week and then do slow, slow things like that. Like there's no easy way to go about like trying to make it better. Like it's, it's not great, but how can we make it better? Like I honestly don't know because like how, how people don't take it serious. Like, I mean, yeah. do we make it an inspectable item and then people start taking it serious? I don't know. Like I really don't because it seems like that's, that's where people start taking, th- taking things seriously is when people start getting inspected on accountability yeah Yeah. and it seems like it's also not gonna be one of those things where you figure it out the first time and then the second time of deployment or anything like that happens again especially with kids your kids are at a different age they could be an extracurricular activity so what worked before is definitely not going to work now yeah i think it's worth saying also a lot of people don't take it seriously because they feel like they don't want to be a burden and uh so i'm involved in this tangentially not directly obviously uh but buddy of mine deployed to Afghanistan for 12 months uh, with one month R&R in the middle of it. And uh, he drove as part of a partner mentor team and came back with severe PTSD with only seeing combat action once. And it wasn't because of the combat action that the problem was. It was the general existential problems that he had. Like any day could be the day type thing. And uh, he doesn't deal with the stress the way he should be or see a counselor about it or anything like that because he's like, no, man, I wasn't in crazy combat operations, you know? And so a lot of that falls on us to be like, 
okay, this, this applies to me, you know, don't beat your kids, don't beat your wife applies to me, you know? Yeah. And, but uh, no, man, I just want to get back and play some Xbox, you know, like that's the focus here. I just want to get yeah. back. And, and a, big, a big thing is the communication is like, you come back, like you try to talk to your spouse, they may not understand they're getting, and you just get frustrated and you're just like, yep, I'm just not going to talk about it. Cause yeah. you're so used to talking to people who understand it yeah. where we yeah. don't, we're right. completely naive to it all. Yeah, you're with like-minded people when you're gone, and you talk to them when you come back. You don't talk to them as much. Yeah. Now you're with your spouse or your kids or your friends, and like some of them just don't understand. It's hard to relate that. Like, how can I effectively communicate this to them to understand that? And sometimes they just don't don't understand it, and they and they they may never not understand it. But at the same time, it's like I got to find common ground so that we can try to speak a little bit, so you can understand kind of like what we're going through and like where we're going because. Yeah. Maybe I come home and I just don't do the dishes after she cooked, you know, like whatever system you have, like whatever you're doing yeah. before and you just don't do it. Like it may be something that sets it off. Like I, you just never know. I think I, another thing that I, I just want to get out to everyone, I don't know if I said yet, is that like it's okay to not be okay. And that's something that I've had to come to terms with here through stress. And like, yeah, you, like we have to be okay not being okay. But until we say that to each other and give permission to each other, like, yep. Nothing can nothing can happen, and that leads to a lot, a lot of these big reintegration problems. Like yeah. your worst is your worst. You don't have to compare your worst to somebody else's Absolutely. because who yeah. knows what kind of life that they've led? Who knows what their background is? I mean, what you could think is their worst may not actually be their worst. It's yeah. all superficial at that point. And right. The problem is they're at their breaking point. And you, we got to work forward from here, not comparatively. Yeah. So. One yeah. of the things that I know Dustin and I struggled with too is. I'm very much an extroverted person and he is not so much. So while he was gone in order for me to keep my mind off of it and Ella's mind off of it, we spent a lot of time at friends' houses. Mm -hmm. I mean, almost every day. And so when he came home, he's like, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to see anybody. And I'm like, but wait, like, but wait, here we come knocking on the door. Like, but, but why does this have to change for us? Right. But I'm like, for the last nine months or however long it's been, like I've been living this basically other life and now all of a sudden they have to change it like it can cause some resentment and some friction and frustration because it's like okay I've built this for the last nine months these people for the last however long have been my support system and now I understand your back and like that's not your thing but this is my thing and this is what I have nurtured and grown and come you know made come to life basically while you were gone and now i feel like you just want to take that all away because you don't want to go and do anything <laughs> the social battery is real well, i gotta yeah. say it is and part of it is like i don't know i get in front of 60 people every day and give right. my soul and life and everything right that's what the marine corps demands and like it is so hard to recharge that you know fortunately we're able to find friends that we can be comfortable around you know, yeah no matter the circumstances you know yeah but that, that's that's real, and I, I hate to say that as a defense. Uh, no, but, but I mean, but see, that's, that's something like I don't understand because yeah. it doesn't like it doesn't take me a lot to need to recharge my social battery because yeah. I'm just an extroverted person. For someone like Dustin, like he he needs that time to recharge, and for me, when I was just constantly go 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 while he was gone, I couldn't understand. Why, when he came back, we couldn't just go, 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 go. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that we overlook is, like, we're just excited about coming home. And we just like, hey, I'm coming home. I can't wait to see you and do these cool thing, family fun things. But we just don't get into the nitty-gritty of talking to our spouses about how we can actually reintegrate. And I think that's that's the hard part. And it, there's no way to, no tough 
There's well, no, and no, there's no good answer. There's not, and no two people are the same. No two situations are the same. So, ooh, perfect time. Yep, ten minutes. Okay, on to the next question. Oh, it's a good one. Let me read it. Okay. <laughs> yes. This is why Jenna married me. <laughs> Healthcare systems for military families. Tricare and BAH. Tricare. One, Dem, two, three, go. Dem Bennies. <laughs> Dem Bennies. Oh, God. I don't even know where to start with the healthcare system for military families. You know, each family member has their own different experience. So you yeah. have something different as a spouse. Eric's had something different being the service member. We have something different for our oldest yeah. as well. So, I mean, plus, like, you would love to think that you go to one naval hospital no. and they're all going to be the same. But that's so far from it. Exactly. And I think that's what's so frustrating because I've had some really, really amazing naval doctors and I've had some really, really shitty naval doctors. I mean, to the point where, like, with my B12 stuff, I literally had to tell one of my naval doctors, like, this is how much I'm supposed to inject. This is how often I'm supposed to inject it. Like, can you just write me the script? And it's like, I get it. You know, they're healthcare providers. They see a lot of people and they, you know, have a lot of stuff that they have to learn. But it just, I think, sucks for spouses who feel like they're bound to the naval system. And, like, one of the big things that I didn't understand with... Our first duty station was in Okinawa. We went over there pregnant with our oldest. And it was just a common question whenever I would call to say, hey, I'd like to get my daughter seen. There's something going on. Right away, before they ask what's going on, is this your first child? Are you a first-time parent? And I'm like, what the hell does that have anything to do wow, with it? Wow, really? But, yes. Exactly. But when we go to California, and after my second daughter, like before they asked, again, before they asked for my name and credentials, they never asked, is this your first child? Are you a first-time parent? It was like specifically an Okinawa thing. And it just, it drove me crazy. Yeah. Well, and there's a story to go with that. Uh, Zoe was like... Just over a year old. Just over a year old. Um, and she was wildly sick. And I think part of it was she had some really bad allergies in Okinawa. And it but you can't do anything for right. a one-year-old. Yeah. Younger than a year old. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it, she was wildly sick. And, uh, you know, we noticed the fever and all that stuff. We tried treating the symptoms. I had to go TAD to uh, Iwo Jima. And before that, we already brought her in, and yeah. they did an x-ray on her, all, checked all her vitals, and they said if she still has a fever with like for three more days, two more days whatever or whatever, was, yeah. yeah, then bring her back in. And so and I, go, I go TAD, come back. On uh, that day that we would have had to bring her in. And I see her, and she is way different than I left her and it was like noticeably I, you can see her ribs it and was like, so oh, bad I'm sitting my there little girl like, was dying at this I'm point. sitting there like barely even like seeing the drastic change because I'm just up with I was like up with her yeah, for like all, all the, all two or three days, days yeah. straight with her and so he goes and he's like we gotta take her in shut it down we're going right now and we, we go take to... her in they just kind of like oh are you a first time parent like him, with him there and um it was, at the, like, it was at the new naval hospital in Okinawa, and they're like all chipper and whatever. And we, <laughs> you're like, my still, kid is sick. Oh, because they transferred. Yeah, it was still the old hospital. Yeah, hospital. And oh, so, right. um, the doctor just like does her thing. Oh well, you know everything looks okay. He's like, well, you said to bring her in with her fever like this, so this is what we're doing. And so they go and bring her in for another chest X-ray, and sure enough, it's pneumonia. <gasps> oh And no. it was full blown pneumonia. And they go back and look at the first x-ray and you can like see a little speck. 
And so my first instinct was if they weren't so, quote, are you a first time parent with right. mindset, would they have looked at that x-ray differently? Because what? honestly, and I say like, thank God he went TAD because I... Would have just I, suffered through it. That's I your nature too. Yeah, because like this is what you said to do. Right. So... No, and what made matters worse for me, and uh, I was a corporal at the time, is the doctor comes in to review the, the chest x-ray and he's like, oh, it's a good thing you brought her in when you did because any longer she'd be dead. Which is like, if we listened to you guys, and I fucking, she wouldn't be here. You said what? Like, sir, are you fucking kidding me? Like, excuse my language. He's a corporal to a commander, of course. And he's like, hey, man, I'm really sorry. Okay, uh, I that was really insensitive to me and whatever and all that stuff. And like, yeah, we're here because it's your fault. But then here, the first doctor that saw us originally like comes in like groveling and whatnot. Yeah, and I'm like, you're yeah. an asshole to us. Yeah, like, just, wow. why did our stuff not mean anything different? Because I was a quote, first time parent. Oh right. yeah, teething could be a fever. Anything could cause a fever, but it doesn't matter. Like if you looked at the x-ray, like you should with a fine tooth comb. Right. One, you're paying the money for it. So why well, don't you look at it? <laughs> We're not, but you know, the hospital is. Again, if you're putting of. the script in for one, why don't you go through it? Fully. Right. Yeah. Like, go but actually take the time and do it. Yeah. So, well, and that's what a lot of military spouses, I think that's a lot of what their experiences are like. Just, I mean, crap like that. And it sucks. And I hate it. And everybody, you know, is, oh, well, go try care select. You don't have to, or standard or whatever it is now. You don't have to go through all of that, which I did. I will say I switched. So I, <laughs> starting January 1, we'll see, how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We will do an updated episode about that because I don't know. I just wonder if like, because of the healthcare system, if we have to be our own advocates, like to the extreme, Yeah. there's a spouse that I follow that I've known her since high school that has what is it, PCOS, and I see her posts and stuff like that, and she's done... Yep, don't know what PCOS is. It's some sort of, like, a... Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yeah. Thank you. And, um... <laughs> Got you. She's done so many different things to get her diagnosis until she finally did, and, like, extreme things. Like, yeah. I'm just... I'm shocked to see, like, this is the healthcare system that people quote-unquote, Dustin, get married for. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, they think it's so, like, glamorous and whatnot. Right, but it's but not. But I wonder, like, being in the civilian spectrum, like, would we have to advocate for ourselves so much? Would we ever be asked, are you a first-time parent? Right. Calling a pediatrician. Right. You know? And what does it matter? Like, even if you are a first-time parent, even if you're a fifth-time parent, what does it matter? Right. And then you're dealing with your own kind of... I know. Like, a I, stigma. Yes. So... I think about... Man, it's, it's bad yeah. for us also because... Uh, we deal with enlisted medical personnel who are, yep. I, mean, I mean, let's be honest. Not, enlisted. Yeah, enlisted. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then typically they have to go through a series of questions, a litany of questions in order to like try and eliminate things or whatever. But ultimately you're still going to have to interface with the officer. Uh, also, commands are different and they have different priorities as far as medical care goes. Yep. For me, I'm at the, the depot and recruits take priority. Yeah. You know, and uh, so permanent, here I am, permanent personnel with two years of extreme back pain uh, to the point where I can get done with a ceremony and I can't bend over and untie my shoes because my back is in so much pain. Uh, but when I go in, literally the officer is like, well, what do you want me to do? 
And it's like, I, I'm sorry. I'm Your here. job? Yeah, right? I'm Your s- job. I'm sorry. I'm here like... for help, and I need whatever you can See, and that, me. sorry to interrupt, but that really pisses me off because yeah. that's that stigma. Right. Of, well, what do you want me to do? Like, just deal with it. Tough it out. Just deal with it. And yeah. it drives me nuts. No, and so it took me another eight months to finally get a diagnosis, and it was only after being advised, you need to demand a diagnosis uh, because you're seeking treatment for something that you don't know what it is. And it's like, yeah, that makes no actual sense, you know, when you sit and talk about it that way. It's like you had to know to ask that, where it's like, why do you have to ask for a diagnosis if you're going in there for something? So to all the listeners out there, if you have a medical problem, please don't leave with a prescription and a physical therapy regimen. Ask for what your diagnosis is and do not stop until that happens. I think that's a great piece of advice because we all know the military is big on, here's the Motrin, change your socks. Oh my God. (laughs) Literally, literally happening. So. Um, and with a broken back. So. Yeah, it just, I don't know. I just, I have so many things to say about it because it just, I think our healthcare for both spouses and active duty is just shit, period. Yeah. <laughs> I think it could be so much better and I don't think they... I think just like the recourse for it too, like what's malpractice in right. the military? Right. Well, you know? I think, wasn't there a law passed recently? There about, is. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to go against y'all's grain here and y'all going to hate me. Send it. But there is, to put some positivity in here, there is some good things to having TRICARE and military uh, insurance. Like for instance, Please you get like to have it. a child. How much money do you pay out of pocket to have a child? Yeah, absolutely. Nothing. Sure. Absolutely nothing. Like there are some benefits here and there yeah, is some positivity. Right. Yes. Do we not pay much? Absolutely. But some of these awesome insurances in the civilian world, they pay a lot of money and they have really good insurance. So I'm not saying you pay what you get for. Some of it, yes. But like there is some positive to having TRICARE and, and having those good things. Like, for instance, like um, custom orthotics that I have, I get yeah. pretty much every year, every other year. It's free. And like I've seen the bill and it's like two grand for the orthotics I last got. Like. I can't complain. Like, yeah, there is there is some bad stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. But I like, hate to interrupt you, but you can complain, and you should complain. When and I are, do when there are problems. And so. I do, but I just want to shed or shed some positivity on on our insurance. So, of uh, there are there are some good things out. Yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, there definitely are benefits, but I like mean, I said, I I it's one of those things. Like, okay, yeah, we don't pay per se for anything, but the you know. The con to that is the type of healthcare that we get. Makes you wonder, like, if they, if the doctors knew that we were paying a hefty copay or deductible, right. would, would they it be, be different? It differently, yeah. Uh, Where it's of, like, oh, well, we're just gonna bill whatever. Yeah. A friend of mine got brain surgery, and the first surgery was wrong and left him permanently crippled. Uh, and then the second one they took actually, out the wrong part. Took out literally the wrong part of the brain uh, through Navy medicine. Yeah. And he couldn't sue. So, <gasps> yeah. You, so you get compensated with, you know, an X amount of time right. retirement <laughs> based off of your stuff. But still, like, if that was in the civilian spectrum, that doctor would have been fired. Oh, yeah. Malpractice. For He'd sure. go bankrupt and stuff like that. Yeah. So what does this additional retirement stuff really mean? Right. So true, but you have also have people that have those same surgeries and have no issues. Sure, I so agree. yeah, absolutely. like I said, I'm, I mean, I'm I've putting been, devil's advocate here because I see both sides of it. On it. <laughs> but there is a positivity side too. Like yeah, we yeah. can have those bad instances, but we can still have good outcomes. I too. mean, I've been very fortunate. I've had to have a ton of surgeries in the time that we've been married, and I haven't paid a single dime for any of them. 
So in that aspect, yeah, I'm absolutely very fortunate. But at the same time, I have to push for a lot of the stuff that I need. Yeah, to we do. I mean, you, you're going to have bad service, you're going to have good service. It's never going to be consistent. It's really not. That's true. So our takeaway is one: ask for a diagnosis if you don't have a diagnosis. <laughs> it's like let me just and recap. Two. Uh, be your own advocate, yeah. yes. you know, keep that up because only you know what's going on. And if you can't advocate for yourself, how can you accurately ask a doctor to do the same for you? Yep. Bingo. Yeah. You have right. to advocate. Thank you for putting the bow in there. Next one. Cause we went over our time. Okay. That was good. That was good. Worth it. All right. Next one is spouse integrations at the unit level. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Are you integrated Jennifer? Man, these are good. Um, do you hang out with the other wives in your spouse's unit? We usually do a monthly get-together, I will you say. You want to go downtown and have some tea with the other spouses? <laughs> but <laughs> I will say it wasn't until just recently that that started. And that this is the first time that I've ever had any type of integration within a spouse or like within my husband's unit. Like you know the other spouses. Right. You've been married 10 years? Yep. Yeah. And I'm the opposite actually so all my all the other units that we've been to i mean you know, like Oki was like a complete different world you know because you literally had nobody else you couldn't drive to go and see family or fly conveniently to see family or friends right. in the country so we relied on each other like super dependently pendleton we were blessed to have one of the um other Marines in his unit live right next door to us. Oh, and man. Me and his wife, we just oh, that's awesome. It was fantastic. We ran a racket, freaking block party. Oh, yeah, that corner <laughs> in that neighborhood, like, oh, there they go again. Um, and he was he's then, Mexican, like, so it was like, and then here, here I got close to honestly, like, one one other spouse because we just kind of vibe, we had the same personality and whatnot. And then she moved, and I just kind of, I mean, I started my own business, so I was kind right. of doing my own thing for yeah. that. Right. But when I look back on it, the differences between those two other bases and here is there's so many first timers here. Mm. Yeah. You know, so I don't necessarily think like age is anything of a difference. Yeah. You know, I'm, what am I, 32? Oh, whatever. Yeah. I'm just allegedly. allegedly. 31, whatever, you know, and you've like got a lot of like she is 31. 20 year olds. And so I'm like, I remember right. myself at 20, like thought I had the world. I'm like, no, 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 I did not yeah. know what I was talking about. Absolutely. And so I see like, there's a whole bunch of young Marines, this being their first duty station. They haven't seen the world climate. We'll just say climate was challenging over yeah. here for them. And like that, that camaraderie between the spouses wasn't as strong because I know we talked a little bit about it in our in the last podcast, but like being in the band field is completely different than yeah. other things. Be in the sense that you guys can last minute go on TAD trips. You have Listen, to listen that, that can happen. Like, that happens everywhere. But I mean, I'm just saying, like all the you went TAD how many times in Oki and Pendleton? Like last minute, I had like to deal lot. with like daycare sure. stuff like that. Where like I don't, a lot. I where you it. guys are the joke is Groundhog's Day. You know, every yeah. Friday, every Friday is a right? graduation, so they're on a schedule. Yeah. So they don't know what it's really like. And the spouses are the same way. It's almost like there's um, an entitlement to it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean that with the most respect in case any of them listen. And it's just, you, you've got it really good here. But it's not the, the real way things go. And 
I mean, I don't want to like... I'll interrupt. Um, <laughs> so I also want to say, though, I think everyone views the problem... Like, like, it ties back to what we talked about. Everyone views their problem as one of the bigger problems they've ever seen. Right, yeah. So yeah. it's not fair to say, hey, you got it easy, which was the truth of it. Uh, let the record show it's easy at Paris Island Rain Band. Um, <laughs> just kidding, it's not. Um, but yeah, now everyone sees it like, man... I never see my spouse and all that stuff. And like, they're so busy and they work zero six thirty to eighteen thirty every day. And th- this is horseshit and whatever. And that might be true, but the truth of it is you're going to feel that way no matter what. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think for like me, it's just really hard to relate to the other spouses in this unit because they're Virginia, William Hill, America's number one sports book is now here. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. They're younger, and they're not as... They're Xennials. Next question. I'm going to pencil this one in. I mean, experience has something to do with it. Yeah. But, like, I I can't relate to them because, I don't know. I feel like also, like, the area that we live in, too, is very, um, well, you know the spouses' pages are, you know, stereotypical spouse page drama. Yes. Active. (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot of that, and I'm I'm not about that life. Yeah. You know, if I see people that are all gossipy and in the room right. I'm like you know that's, that's been there not... done that and it's just not my cup of tea yeah finding you have to be careful about who you let in even in the spouse because you are going to be running into each other more often than you think yeah. so um, it can impact your spouse's career too. yeah absolutely that's the it, big in, thing if you do it incorrectly or yep. inappropriately a lot of individuals don't really know the repercussions that your spouse is going to have based off of your actions and I know a lot of it is like you see stuff like oh get his chain of command involved and you know that stuff will stop or you know you're going to get your husband in trouble your spouse in trouble and who knows if that's just fear mongering but at the same time like also please consider before you post anything to social media as a spouse Consult your exactly. active duty spouse. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it matters, and we have had to burn for it, so. Yes. Parents, too. If you're parents. parents tell mom and dad. <laughs> we're, not, we're not speaking from, like, our parents, but, you know, parents in the unit. If Be careful what you post about your kids, because their command snoops. Yeah. Not on purpose. Not, right? No, yeah, <laughs> not on purpose. It just, it's, it's like, like an accident. I think congrats are a good thing. What do you mean? When they write, the, when parents or other people write oh, congressmen, yes. yeah. and they, oh. it comes down. That's right. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, man. I'm just kidding. It's more like, <laughs> just kidding. It's more like the, the best ones are, are like, you know, the parents are posting, well, back in my day, things yeah. were like God. this, and I can't believe you're doing things this way. Like, you should know better as this person in the job, and it's just like, all right, well, yeah, let's just... Back to the original question of spouse integration at the unit level. It comes back to... 
experiences may vary at every single unit because we've had good units where spouse integration has been awesome and it starts i will say it starts at the top and works its way down i've also had different units where hey my husband is a staff sergeant or my (laughs) husband is the first sergeant you know and i'm i'm higher ranking than you like no there's no rank structure when it comes to spouses like right what there's not no clear my schedule we're civilians (laughs) damn it if the ceo's wife wants to hang out with someone so like that's okay for them to go do. Yeah. It, it, it really is. Well, some, like, but some, like, officer wives use it, use it as, like, oh, well, you know, I can't do this because you're enlisted. I have to invite every single person around. I can't right. have favorites. Yeah. And that's where it promotes <laughs> to integration at the spouse integration at the unit level. Like, it comes down to people just having an open mind and not having rank or other things associated or entitlement associated unit to it. Unit function. It's just being a normal, common person. When yeah. is the last time we had a unit function here? Last week. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but like, he said last week. <laughs> I'm thinking of like the other, the two years that we've been here, there's maybe been like two unit functions where it hasn't been just staff. Let it, let the record show that we're filming this current episode uh, during the pandemic when. Well, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, I'm thinking like the last two years, like there might've been only like two unit functions that it wasn't just a staff thing. Fourth of July and Christmas every year. Yeah. Sure. So, but the other units where the camaraderie between the spouses was like super tight, there were several unit functions. And there were also leaders in the in the spouse community that would organize things. Yeah, I think it comes back to spouses being proactive in it as well. Not just if their husband's a senior leader or not. Like if they're active in getting the spouses together, like it's going to be a lot better. But, but that that helps yeah. with like people new just people, think though. other people are, people just think that other people are going to do it. Right. And, like, you can't just be expected. Like, if you want something to do with the spouse community, like, in your unit, like, you got to go out and you got to do it. Yeah, when we first moved moved out here, I had a whole bunch of spouses over just to get to know everybody because that's what I was used to. And there was some animosity about that, that here I come in, a brand new spouse, I got, like, eight people together, and this other individual would try to do stuff, but it would be, like, a disaster for... A couple of different reasons. Uh, personality based. So, so here I'm coming in, and you know, there's jealousy involved. I'm like, why are you jealous? Like, right. I'm just trying to get to know everybody. You're invited. Get this to. unit thing together, right? Because <clears throat> there's a need for it. And I mean, I know for like us, there's definitely still a need. Yeah. And I know that some of the the other spouses, I think it's just like an age thing. Like they're like, I'm not going to be with them because they're, they're old yeah. people. I'm like, I don't care being an old person. I know. You're old. But we need you to mentor the younger. Because, well, you're literally doing that with the podcast. So, yeah, yeah that's true. You're helping. That's true. Yeah. You've got to mentor the young. But, yeah, and we, influence the old. We had a spouse event um, in October, and it was mostly 30s and up. And we had asked one of the girls who was friends with a lot of the younger girls why they didn't come. And um, she was like, I think she said something about there being like another party or something. And I was like, oh, God, it's because we're the old people. <laughs> oh, gosh. Also, <sighs> I'd, be, I'd be interested to hear about a male spouse's vantage point and joining the wives club. If we you should will. have. Heck yeah. Um, <laughs> we should. We need to find one and bring them on the podcast. His, um, I interviewed a male spouse. You did, yeah. And, he, and he's, he's active. very active in the community. Very active. Nice. Um, he's the diamond in the rough. He is. The he diamond is. in the rough. So. I'd like to hear some more male spouse integration. Like, some of their thoughts. It'd like, be overwhelming, though. Like, I feel like it'd be overwhelming. Like, the Gomez's. Like, being a military spouse. But, 
I mean, Neither even though he's active duty, well, I'm just yeah, saying, that's true. active duty or not, oh, having a male's duty, perspective, yeah. nice. having an active duty perspective as a spouse, whether they're, you know, they're civilian or they're active duty, I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, that's a, that's send a, your send your active duty spouse contact Jenna at confessions yeah. at gmail.com. <laughs> all right, all right, next topic. Da, 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 da. Round four, fight. Do you think your children suffer from this lifestyle? Yep. Yes. Especially um, now. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is really interesting that this came up because there was a recent event that happened that I'm not going to go into too much detail publicly. But anyway, um, there was a conversation that happened between me and somebody else. And the way I took the conversation was very negative. And almost as if she had a disadvantage because she moves around all the time and she's not in one place all the time and she's not steadily. This is an adult you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Okay. But wait, who who has the disadvantage? Ella? Ella. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because the conversation was regarding Ella and just like I said, I, the comment that was made, I took very negatively and almost in the sense that. The comment was negative because of the fact that she is has the lifestyle that she has or she's not in a set location for a super extended period of time. Yeah. And it really, like, that bothers me to think about things like that because I think about school and having to move every three years. Like, one side of me thinks that it's awesome because she gets to explore so much. The other side of me thinks that... It sucks because she doesn't get to, you know, those friends that she's made for the last three years. She has to uproot them and make new friends. Right. I wish I had this growing up. Me too. I was distant from my family. Really? Selfishly, I think, also. But uh, if I had been forced to change my life every three years, I probably wouldn't have ended up so messed up. You're not messed up. I'm better now. You've got some good qualities. <laughs> I'm mostly better now. I I wish I had had to rely on my family. Really? More. And um, maybe that's just my viewpoint as in like our children are so close. And like yeah. so close to us. Yeah. You know, uh, which I didn't necessarily have. Now, I'm not saying that I don't love my mom who raised me. Right. But that's, I mean, because again, I'm, I'm very thankful for all that. But I just I wish I had been forced some of the hardship a little earlier. And I, I don't know. Maybe that's just overly optimistic looking at it. That and way. I think it's also just kind of, again, like parenting style. Like we talked yeah. a little bit about our careers having to change. And I touched on the fact that it's been challenging me to get creative and right. to um, phrase things a little bit differently when I'm talking to people. That I know like with Zoe, our oldest, she's eight. She's thriving she's so adaptable to change yeah um i like last year they're even like when are we moving again like it's almost like they were ready for it so i know there's several kids out there that are like oh when are we gonna move like i'm excited for the adventure you know but now coming up on eric having to move across country you know it's like every single day they're like when does daddy leave when does daddy leave and for me that's overwhelming because we never had that right we've never had to like 
prepare for a long deployment. It's just been like, oh, dad's gonna be gone for like a week and he'll right. be back, you know? But right. like this one's like, dad's gonna be gone. We're gonna see him when we see him. Yeah. You know? Thank God for and, technology. Um, I know. <laughs> so we've got our plans and stuff like that. So I know that this is definitely gonna be super hard for them. But when we phrase it to them about why mom and dad made this decision, it's like, hey, honey, do you want to be stuck in a house with me all day, every day? Because right. Because moved to a state that's not doing in-person schooling. Yeah. They're like, no. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Either, kids. I love you, but not that much. So why don't we just hang out here and you guys have your friends still. You've got your school. Yeah. And honestly, with the pandemic, it's just one less thing to worry about. Hi, Hungry. Nice to meet you, Hungry. <laughs> so, it'll, it'll be interesting for us to see that new side of the girls. Yeah. After it happens. You got anything? What's your, what's your thoughts? Because I know you have thoughts on it. I think it's good and bad. Like, it's twofold. Like, and I think they don't, the, the kids don't realize it until they get older in life. And, like, some of the things that we do, they're super thankful for. And some of the things, like, there might be a little resentment, but, like, you talk to a lot of grown-ups now that are military or they're that were military brats growing up and they moved around a lot. Like they're super thankful and like they're super mm-hmm. like outgoing people, like supportive of I mean the ones I've I've ran into, like super awesome, like outgoing, here to help you out, like understand the change, they embrace it, like it makes them very unique people. Um whereas me growing up in a small town, like I kinda hated it. Um yeah. I didn't move around like the the second time I, w- I flew on an airplane was to boot camp. So living more of a shelter life, whereas like they're more go with the flow, more yeah. diverse. And like they, they mm-hmm. can see so much more things worldly, and do more things. worldly people. So yeah. tra- travel expands yes. the mind and they do it in their formative years. You know, I have been to 17 countries. Uh, and I'm not saying that as a brag, what I'm saying it is, is like, I feel like I understand what it is to be a human better now. Right. And, Absolutely. And they I, get to do that as children. And yeah. so that, uh, but they're not going to understand it. Like you said, for a long time, they don't I and, had that conversation with my mom, actually. You know, I'm thankful for the fact that Ella is growing up in the way that she is and the lifestyle that she is because I feel like I didn't really know what life was or who I was until I left. And I think me leaving my hometown was the best thing that I could have ever done. Absolutely. And never going back. Yeah. I mean, same. Like, we've said that already. And, you know, I think everybody's finally come to terms with the fact that we're not going to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. But I'm thankful that Ella has gotten to go all these places and meet all these people. And, you know, she's so diverse. You know, when we were in California, there was such a diverse culture out there that she got to learn so much about different cultures and people and things that, I mean, I didn't even know. She would come home and be like, Mom, did you know? And I'm like, no. (laughs) You know, so I'm learning just as much as she is. I mean, especially with, like, how the world is today with, like, culture and sensitive topics and stuff like that. You know, we surround ourselves with, you know, our own tiny little planet of just uniqueness every individual has their own like unique quality that we can teach them firsthand hey this is why we don't say stuff or this is why we talk to people in this manner with like respect and whatnot so it's like we're we're blessed that we're teaching them life skills that they probably would have had else elsewhere yeah Yeah. especially I don't know what the statistic is, a, a large amount of people never leave greater than 100 miles from their, where they're born and stuff like that. You ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, but meanwhile, we have our children who, will, by the time they're adults, lived in a dozen. Virginia, William Hill, America's number one sports book, is now here. 
and we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook. In places. Yep. Yeah. You know, and uh, going from bustling Oceanside, California, where, you know, thousands of people have these giant motorcycles and trucks driving by all hours of the day uh, coming up to Beaufort and, <laughs> and a six-year-old sits there and is like, wow, it's so quiet here. Yeah. <laughs> and she, so they get to experience that sort of existential, like, calm. Yeah. And at such a young age that even I was 30 when I got here, I was like, yeah, it is so quiet. I can hear my thoughts again. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ella's like, oh my gosh, mom, we don't have to sit in traffic. I'm like, I know. Yes. And then when there is traffic, she's like, oh, what is Oh no! I'm like I know you get used to not having to sit in traffic, and I mean I I think it's great for our kids. Yeah, I think the other thing I want to bring up is at the same time, like I think I may suffer, like I think my kid suffers, but she really doesn't right. because I'm making her get up and move and move away from her friends. Like, right. Right. Know, like you grow up, like you leave high school, like you're not going to have those same friends throughout your whole life. Like I can name like the people I still talk to name and am good friends with on like three fingers yeah. that I still <laughs> talk to and have that good relationship with. But like, that's something that she may or may not have because yeah. she hasn't lived with them for the last 18 years growing up. Right. Um, and I think that's me as a parent. Like it does pull up my heartstrings having to like, Hey girl, like listen up, like we got to move. Like, you have to make new friends again. Yeah. And like seeing her go through that part, like that does sink as a parent. But at the same time, like, I don't know if she suffers. Like, yeah, she'll bring right. it up. Like, hey, I do miss these people. But like, that's where she's made pen pals with some friends. And like, they've yeah. still communicated yep. via snail mail and mail letters to people. I think people. that's where it kind of comes on to the parents too. Like, I love yeah. seeing those videos of like military kids, you know, running into each other at the airport. Yes. And seeing each other for the first time. Yeah. Like, I still keep in touch with our very first like close best friend for Zoe you know and I'm just like when we were vacationing in Virginia last year I'm like hey you're there you're in America again right let's hang out at the park and it was yeah it was great it's- oh yeah Zoe's first crush yeah that was another one we still keep in contact oh with yeah we still Mr. Logan <laughs> I love it alright last topic for tonight <clears throat> oh this is more for you guys discuss the prospects of living abroad so yep, I have not lived abroad. I was, yep, I was I've just, just lived say, abroad for like six to nine months at a time. For the record, Dustin and I have never lived outside of the United States. Most of his career has been spent on the West Coast. This is actually the first time that we've ever been on the East Coast even. Um, so we uh, can't really talk about this topic very much. However, I did tell him. He at one point had orders to Germany and then... Oh, wow. What happened? Uh, how so, do you pass up Germany? So he actually did joint command. It's Germany. I know. Also, I don't know if you know this. It's Germany. Like. Yeah. So he <laughs> didn't God, pass it was. up. He was like in zone or in the below zone or whatever for promotion. And they knew he was going to get promoted when he was over there. And once he got promoted, they weren't going to have a spot for him. So they were going to have to send him back. And yeah, they said it was. It. So they pulled the plug. And then we went from Naval Station, <laughs> Naval Base San Diego to Camp Pippleton. <laughs> Classic. Big move. Huge. Doing big moves around here. Yep. <laughs> For the second time. To what, uh, we can answer questions then from you guys. What would be questions? 
I don't know. I know. I like. What are the prospects of so living abroad? When we went to Okinawa, it was in 2000, end of 2011. Um, it was interesting to get over there because they kept delaying stuff. Our orders kept getting pushed back. I found out I was pregnant with Zoe. Which made it complicated. So when I'm saying I found out I was pregnant with Zoe, it means like we were told we're going to be leaving in June. July. June. In June? Yeah. Okay, so that was 10 years ago. June. We go back home to Arizona to visit our family before we leave. We come back and they're like, oh yeah, so you're still not leaving. So we had, we already left our apartment that we were living in. All of our stuff was packed up. Like that's how like serious they were. All of our stuff was already on a boat going to Japan. Our stuff beat us there. We lived, wow. we lived in the hotel like my entire first trimester. It was miserable. Like, okay, he literally pulled out the suitcase we used yesterday and that smell still makes me gag to this <laughs> so, well, It's not a bad smell. It's just a familiar smell. It's just not... I don't like that familiar smell. It brings back memories. And, um, yeah, I was I was blessed with morning sickness, like, all day, every day, my first trimester. So, uh, Can I wrap thanks. it up real quick? Uh, there's an overseas screening checklist that occurs, and you can't really diminish it it's very yeah. important and it, there's a lot we had to do it twice it. we had to do it twice because a little uh, human came into yeah. the mix there <laughs> dang you guys yeah. but when we got orders to Oki like we were super excited and then there was also that stigma at that time they called it Oki Traz yeah you which know? again I think is a misnomer you've been to Oki on UDP at all no Ibukuni no Dead to me. no to everyone <laughs> so no. Um, anyways no it's a misnomer I think that uh, many young folk who just want to drive and go on a road trip and go do whatever bullshit. So, I'm so sorry. I'm getting fired up. Um, <laughs> I go do whatever. They just like, they can't because it's a 60 mile long Island and like, uh, they don't know how to make a good time for themselves other than being around these big city. And like things. looking back on it, a lot of the people that did call it Ogietraz or didn't like it just stayed on installations. They didn't go out and explore or they did just the traditional touristy stuff. They didn't yeah. go out there and experience the culture. Right. I think another part of it is we were young when we went, we were 22, yeah. 21, almost 22 when we got there, we discovered what we liked out there. Right. There was just a, a wild selection of food. Um, oh. Perfected, of course, because they're mm. Japanese. Um, and then, mm. I, again, I went to, <laughs> of, of all the countries I've been to, I think 12 of them were from that duty station alone. And, like, it's just, I, again, that's a unique experience that no one will, be, no one else will be able to offer. And, and like, then it's cheap for families to fly if you want to go to those places, too. Like Yeah, to get, I did fly um, Space A one time with Zoe. Well, yeah, there's that. But also, if you're flying commercial, you can get to China for 100 bucks. Yeah, we, wow. went, to Ma- like, we went to mainland for 100 bucks. Which, which is wild. And so, um, again, I think it's an opportunity that no one should pass up. If you're, uh, hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to be away from my family for the first time. Guess what? Lean into it, you know. Right. For, like, like, for us, like, that was a worry. Like, you know, my mom, my mom's a nurse. Here I'm pregnant with my first child. And I'm moving to a place that's an 18-hour time zone difference where I only had two times of the day. 13. 13? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I thought it was... Sorry. Okay, whatever. It was an excessive time zone difference. Right. And I remember there was only like two times in the day that I could have like a decent conversation with her. And only I can call because, you know, they right. couldn't call a Japanese phone number. Right. 080. <laughs> our area it code. It was. It was 080. It was the area, like the three. Okay, anyways, it was the seven digit number. It was a 10 digit number. It was messed up. So anyways, um, so I was like, it was, I put up a wall. Definitely. Like, um, I put up a wall and it took a little bit to break it down. And I was really thankful that in the end, 
it was just me and Eric that we didn't weren't um, surrounded by people trying to tell us how to parent. Right. Yeah. You know that we found our parenting style. Right. We weren't influenced by our our parents. We weren't influenced by any of our other friends who had children. Right. That we got to figure out our own stuff, kind of like in privacy, because you so know good. it was only Facebook. you guys. Facebook back then too yeah. was like. In the infancy. Yeah. It's MySpace. Eight top friends. Yeah. I think it was I'm, still pretty. It, Facebook was still pretty new. Social media was still pretty new. Like Skype was popular, but like still like the connections yeah. were also, terrible. Also like it, it was just you, me and Zoe and all of Zoe's uncles. Oh aunts. God. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, because people couldn't go home to their families often, they would come to our house because we'd open our doors all the time. We got people over like every weekend and our couch had somebody on there Literally too. the first person other than us to hold Zoe was Bob, mm. you know, a Marine that we worked with. And, you know, that's special. I, it, it sort of means a lot to me, you know, like, yeah. I, which you won't get at a place like Pendleton because no. at Pendleton, yep. 1630 Liberty hits, everyone's gone. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, a little bit, it's a little bit like that here because there's not a whole lot to do in Buford. Right. But, um, and not, not quite the same level. That's like, like going overseas is really a place that you can go and find yourself, however cliche that may be. But like when you're so far removed from typical American things and you have to deal with the language barrier, you know, like we spoke enough Japanese to be polite and that was super like respected out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've got funny stories about Zoe coming home from school saying Japanese words. We're like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) Zoe went to a Japanese daycare. It was so good. Yeah. And they're not afraid of... That is awesome. They're not afraid of punishing the children. Oh, man. We found out about time out. Because we see these kids with their hands on the wall. And I'm like, I'm like, sensei, what, what's going on over there? They're like, oh, they're in timeout. And I'm like, wait a second. So he's old enough for timeout. Like, game's over. It was so good. And so what was nice too is that we would put her in timeout like they do at school. So she knew exactly what it was. It was consistent, you know? That's awesome. And that was a great day for our house. No, really. Yeah. Um, um, But again, I think, again, there's a lot to say for the, the cliche, go discover yourself. Back to the original topic, you uh, you travel the world, you really learn so much more. Yeah. And you take for granted. I remember flying back for the final flight, being like, I just want to go on a road trip. I don't even care where we go. I want to drive for like eight hours. I don't even care where, where it's towards. I think know. we, instead of taking the expressway, I think it was talking, was I talking to you about speeding? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. So like the oh, fastest yeah, that was really you go weird. in Oki is 80 kilometers and it's 45 miles. Don't do math in public. It's about 45 It's about 45 miles. miles. So remember, like, coming back home my first time. <laughs> and so I'm bad. driving 45 miles. So like, I am the old lady in the right-hand <sighs> lane. Like, oh, my God, why are these people going so fast? Like, the freeway terrified me. Driving you know? from the airport oh, to Pendleton in so, the big old yeah. rental van. Just like, yeah. oh, my God. I'm gonna but, like, so on the flip side, too, because of it being overseas, everything could turn out to be an international incident. Yeah, that's true. So that's those true. who are over at Oki that get it, you get some stupid person doing some sort of activity uh, off base that they shouldn't be doing. Crossing the crosswalk and get hit by uh, someone in their van. You get somebody out like doing something stupid that everybody has to stay on base. There's a curfew, no drinking or anything like that. But us as dependents, being like nine months pregnant, can go and buy however much alcohol they want at the <laughs> seven day for everybody over at the house having a party. Yeah, you um, or we are able to experience stuff as spouses a lot differently than the active duty because we're not um, up, like having to uphold the curfew or any other right. restrictions. Great, you want to do it with respect and whatnot. Right. But 
Um, so I just say you gotta also like be careful like what you're doing off base because everybody's gonna look at you. I remember one time um, I was dropping somebody off at Kadena. We lived on Foster, and it was already past a curfew time, and I'm the only Yankee plate out there. Yankee plate like. As an American in your car, you have a Y plate, Y for Yankee, and everybody else had their. I don't know if that's Japanese what it's for, but that's what it's called. Call <laughs> our Yankee plate, and I was like scared shitless. I'm like, um, I'm the only person out here on curfew. Like, let me just make sure I'm following all the rules, <laughs> driving appropriately. So you have to be very mindful of what you're doing and everything respectfully because you have a target on your back. I guess you can say when you're going out in town. Yeah, I've heard so that. So as long as you're not being dumb. Right. You're going to have a great time. Okay. A couple quick points. It's worth it serving overseas. The point of serving in the military is service overseas, so don't be afraid of it. Uh, and your family will benefit from it. Also, uh, Germany is the best overseas post, so go ahead and go do that if you get a chance. <laughs> Dustin! Uh, well, I will say, we have good friends that are over there right now, and they're exploring the world, and they're having <sighs> a complete blast. It is so fun to... Yeah. It's so fun to, to watch them on Facebook and stuff. It's just... Yeah. And then I say, oh, that could have been us. Korea has the best uh, southern fried chicken. fried chicken. It's incredible. Oh, and eat all the Kit Kats you can in Japan while you see a new flavor and send them to Jenna. <laughs> nice. Um, there's that. And then, uh, yeah, just don't shy away from it. You're going to really, again, sort of reinvent yourself after that. So, all right, I'm done. I like it. All great topics. Thank you, Shannon and Eric, and I guess Dustin, for being here with me today. Dustin kind of has to because he lives here. But anyway. You're welcome for my service. <laughs> Thank you guys for being on the podcast. Of course. I'm sure we will have them back on again. Um, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. Is QuickBooks slowing your business down? Do you have challenges managing inventory, project profitability, or just getting paid fast enough? Get your business to a better place and graduate to NetSuite today. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com info. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash info, netsuite.com slash info.